Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, we're looking at something that's been popping up in neighborhoods across the valley, maybe even in yours. We're answering the listener-submitted question, are electric scooters and bikes good or bad for the valley? This is our newest producer, Maritza Dominguez's first Valley 101 episode. Maritza, take it away. So I just moved back to the valley, and there are so many new things. But one thing that I noticed were these scooters. They were in neighborhoods, on sidewalks, and I didn't know anything about them. So when we got this question, I knew I had to look into it. In spring 2018, electric scooters dropped into the valley without warning. Residents didn't know ahead of time that they were coming. Local government didn't even know. One day, the sidewalks were clear, and the next day, they were filled with big black scooters. Now, you can find them in lots of areas around the valley. For those who haven't seen or ridden one of these scooters, let me walk you through it. In downtown Tempe, Scottsdale, and Mesa, you can find dozens of electric scooters parked all over the place. They're a little bigger and sturdier than the metal Razor scooters that were once popular when I was a kid. These ones usually come up to at least your waist, and they have big wheels that are designed for durability. The first scooter company to arrive to the valley was Bird, followed by Lime, Spin, Razor, and Lift. To ride one, you download the company's app, add your information to the app, and you're ready to go. On average, they cost a dollar to start and around a quarter per mile. They are tracked with GPS and they are battery operated, so once they run out, they can't be used again until recharged. Love them or hate them, everyone has an opinion on the scooters. One of the first places these scooters popped up was in downtown Tempe, so I recently went down to Mill Avenue to ask people what they think about electric scooters. Scooters are very beneficial. Uh, usually I'm zooming around with my buddies or just kind of getting around fast enough to stay out of the heat. Oh, I think they're absolutely so much fun. Yeah, and I do like them. I'm not a fan or I'm against it. I just neutral it. All throughout my college career while they were here, of course I used them. They were so great. I lived about a mile and a half away and every time I needed to go to school or go out, I would use them. They kind of did look trashy, but at the same time they were so useful. The main reason the scooters became so polarizing was because they're dockless. Bike share programs that have docking stations have been in the valley since 2014. But once dockless bikes popped up in 2017 and dockless scooters in 2018, they immediately drew criticism. You see, there is no designated drop-off location. Once you get to your location, you can get off the scooter and leave it there. Well, of course within the allowed city limits. We've seen bikes before, but motorized scooters that you can leave almost anywhere on the street are new, so I decided to focus on that. I wanted to look at all of the ways that these scooters are affecting the valley, so let's start with the fun part, making money off the scooters instead of paying for them. At the end of the day, you might see some people loading dozens of scooters into their car. Heather Kelch a resident of Scottsdale started doing this almost the day after bird scooters dropped into the valley. Last April, May, bird dropped in and they literally brought in a semi full of scooters. And they, on Craigslist, they offered jobs for chargers, independent contractor chargers, had a couple of orientations for that. 
and then literally took us out to the semi and disbanded all of these scooters, hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of scooters. She only charges scooters for Bird and Lime. Other companies have employees who pick them up. Chargers, as Bird calls them, go into town using their personal cars, pick them up, and then take them back to their house and plug them into the wall using special chargers. Heather works from home, so she started doing this just to get out of the house. It's pretty fun. Um, on the right night, in the right circumstances, and, and maybe with a buddy with you, it's, it's really quite fun. And the money she made charging scooters was pretty good at the beginning. For the first six months, they ranged anywhere from 5 to $20 per scooter per night. But after a while, it went down. Now it's down to $2. Oh, wow. And many people are not doing it anymore. It's not worth it to go out and pick everything up and do all the work and then go back out for $2 a scooter. It's not worth it. Heather told me that charging the scooters is actually really competitive. In the evening, the birds with no battery become available for pickup. Many people in the community call this bird hunting. Heather said sometimes people fight over the scooters. Some chargers have even faced violence. I had a gun pulled on me once. Um, we had people beat up. Um, I, I had a friend that was beat up really bad and her kid was left in her car while she was unconscious outside of her car and somebody took all the birds out of her car while she was charging that morning and dropping him off early in the morning. Heather said she called the police after a man pulled a gun on her, but nothing came of it. Scooter chargers in other cities have reported the same problems with fighting and violence. 90% of the time, the charger interaction is absolutely okay. Oh, you got it? Cool, got it, see you next time, you know, because you don't get them all. Um, but 10% of the time is still too much of people racing, hitting your car, getting in front of your car. While she's dealt with these scary situations, she still thinks the scooters are useful for the community. But she wants people to follow the rules put in place by the companies to keep you safe. Well, you signed a contract saying you would, and every time you swipe your debit card, you're saying, I'm going to follow the rules. Each of the scooter companies have a set of rules. Bird, for example, tells people to wear a helmet, be over the age of 18, not be under the influence, ride in the bike lane, and so on. Let's just keep each other safe and let's just be happy and this can be a really cool thing. So after all this talk with Heather about safety, I sat down with Captain Paramedic Aaron Novak of the Tempe Fire Department to tell me about his experience responding to these calls of scooter-related injuries. Safety is a common concern around the electric scooters. We have 178 scooter incidences that, that we recorded and documented a patient injury on. Okay, that. Doesn't mean there's probably plenty more that they didn't call 911 when none of our units showed up. So that's 178. And just a little interesting fact number on there is that um, 42 of them were were alcohol or drug related. And we have a box that says that we just ask all patients, doesn't matter what, have you, uh, you drank alcohol or used drugs in the last 24 hours? Um, and then 15 of them were under the age of 18. So if that gives you an idea. So we're getting in, you know, around 20 a month recorded ones. Pedestrian safety has been on everyone's mind since these scooters came into town. Across the country, a handful of people have died using electric scooters. Last month, a Mesa man died after colliding with a woman on a beach walk in San Diego and then falling. A preliminary report said he died of blunt force torso trauma, and scooter riders in other cities have been hit by cars. 
the man who was killed after using a motorized scooter and believes that a car may also have been involved. The woman involved in Atlanta's first e-scooter fatality has been charged with a crime. Last month, we told you about Eric Amos, who was struck while riding a scooter. A man riding an electric scooter is dead after being hit by an SUV. This happened in DuPont Circle. But these safety concerns may not just be an issue of scooters. This may be part of a growing trend. USA Today reported in June of 2018 that pedestrian deaths had grown to a 28-year high. The report found that one of the reasons there are so many pedestrian deaths was because cars have actually gotten bigger. A study by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration said pedestrians are too to three times more likely to face a fatality when struck by an SUV or a pickup than when struck by a passenger car. And consumers are buying more SUVs and crossovers. USA Today reported Phoenix was in the top 10 deadliest cities in the US for pedestrians. All right, you might be wondering, so what does this have to do with scooters? Bird released a study claiming that safety is the city's responsibility and that scooters could actually reduce car use and make cities safer for pedestrians. But is that possible? That dockless electric scooters could transform transportation in the valley? I spoke with Deborah Salon, a professor of geography at Arizona State University who specializes in this topic. During our conversation, she said, we live in a car-dependent region. There are a lot of people, especially in our region here, that live in places that you just, you can't get anywhere without a car. I mean, you can maybe walk to your friend's house, but like if you happen to be friends with your neighbor, <laughs> you can't like get to work. You can't get to, um, you know, a restaurant. You can't you can't get to a grocery store or whatever and without a car. And and so I think that's kind of a big, a big hurdle to reducing car use in this region. I mean, we are a very car dependent region. Um, and I can, you know, share an anecdote myself. Like I said, I bike everywhere, but that's because I work at Arizona State University. And I, when I moved here, I decided that I was really wanting to not drive my car every day. I do have a car though. And so for that reason, I chose where I live very carefully so that I could maintain that, you know, not using my car every day kind of lifestyle. Um, but that takes real intention. However, not everyone has the luxury of making those intentional changes. Deborah believes this is all very big picture, not something that will happen right away. She said you'd have to completely redesign cities in the U.S. and Arizona to even see any change in the car use. We have to build our cities so that they are less car dependent, so that it's reasonable to put transit in and it's reasonable to put bike lanes in because people's destinations are only a couple of miles away. And so, you know, if you're at all fit, you can bike a mile or two to get to a restaurant or whatever and make it safe and make it comfortable. Heather, who you heard from before talking about charging scooters, had a great example of this. I have a student in my house right now. He uses it to go to work at Fashion Square every day because there's always one right around here. So he just hops on it, costs him $1.30 every day to go to work. And he's at work. He doesn't have to spend an hour, you know, on transportation to do it or ask anybody for a ride or stuff because he's over 18. But at the same time, the scooters are only in central areas around the valley. Not everyone can use them to get to and from work. For Deborah, this is a bigger issue of public transportation. And she said that cities would have to make major investments into infrastructure. 
I think the jury's still out on how well they work. I mean, very certainly sort of older cities that are built in this way already and that have transit and they have great sidewalks and they have more mixed uses and people can get to kind of cool destinations really easily and not it doesn't take them, they don't have to go very far. Those places have a lot less car use than cities like Phoenix. So if you just compare that, do that kind of comparison, it seems like, oh, well, if we just kind of transform our city to look more like that, then we'll have a lot lower car use. But just transform the city is a big, it's a big lift. (laughs) One of Bird's recommendations is that cities have to invest to make safe infrastructure and keep well-maintained streets and connected networks of protected bike lanes and intersections. But only time will tell if scooters can truly make a change or if they'll even stay. The scooter companies haven't usually asked city officials for permission before they arrive, so cities have scrambled to figure out how to respond. Tempe and Scott still started regulating where the scooters can be parked. Arizona State University bans electric scooters and began impounding them in November 2018. Peoria piloted a dockless scooter program, but then they called it off in January. And scooters aren't even in downtown Phoenix yet, thanks to a city ordinance though a pilot program may begin soon. In the meantime, if you do ride these scooters, one thing Tempe paramedic Novak says you can do is be aware of your surroundings. If you're on a sidewalk, if you're near driveways, watch for cars coming out because there's a good chance they're not watching for you. Hey, it's me, Kayla again. Maritza, thank you for looking at all the ways these new electric dockless scooters are affecting our cities. So while reporting this story, did you ever get a chance to ride one? Actually, no, I didn't. Um, They kind of intimidate me, and I just don't live in an area where they're readily available. I hadn't for a long time either, since I live in downtown Phoenix and they're not here yet. But I did recently try it for the first time, and while I only went really slow, I thought it was super fun. Well, maybe I'll try it next time I'm out on Mill Ave. Well, that's it for today. If you have more questions about how Metro Phoenix is changing, submit them to us at valley101.azcentral.com. And if you're a new listener, remember you can go back and listen to old episodes. Let us know what you think by leaving us a rating or review on your podcast listening app. Oh, and if you'd like to see some of the other things I do in life, this Thursday, July 18th, I am co-emceeing an Arizona Storytellers Project show in downtown Phoenix, and I would love to see you there. It's a night of live storytelling where five of my fellow reporters will tell true first-person stories about journalism. And it's at one of my favorite places, the Van Buren. You can learn more and get tickets at tickets.azcentral.com. And if you come, please find me and say hi after the show. As always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.